What's up, you guys? Welcome to the 76ers Preview Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready to talk one of the most mysterious teams in the NBA with one of the most plugged-in guys on it as uh, Keith Pompey, writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer. What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, what's up, Mike? How you been, buddy? Pretty good, man. Ready for media day this week and uh, no more muscle watch and all that fun stuff. I'm pretty, pretty pumped, man. But yeah, you must... Uh, you must be a, a very desired man these days with all these questions about the 76ers, huh? Yeah, and it's <laughs> funny because it's, it's like there's a lot of unknowns surrounding the yeah. 76ers, too. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. <laughs> yeah, even with just these new, the new talent and just the way that their the roster's balanced, it's, it's so top-heavy with forwards and stuff. So we're going to get into that. And I'm going to lead with probably the most mysterious guy of the bunch. Uh, there's probably two, but I think even more so is Dario Saric, who looked great overseas, uh, especially uh, over the summer in the Olympics, really shined, uh, especially as a scorer. And, and, you know, he played almost all power forward. So given that they're a little jam-packed up front, do you think that Saric could kind of play a little bit of three? Or what do you think the plan is for him as far as minutes and I guess just with the plays and stuff he's going to run? You know, I, I think it will be hard for Dario Sarge to move and slide down to the three. Um, if you look at his skill set, I mean, I don't know too much about him, but just like you, I watched him play in the Olympics. I looked at a little bit of his videos when he was playing over in Turkey. And to me, he looks like an athletic five who plays a four. You know what I mean? Like he's a defender. He's a rebounder. He's athletic because he's bigger than, the, you know, he's smaller and more mobile than the guys he guards. However, I do not see him being able to guard threes effectively to keep them there long term. You know, and, and there's re- and, and, but there's a problem because, again, you have Ben Simmons and you have Dario. You want to get both of them on the floor together. You know, um, I, I think that moving Dario to the three is going to hurt the team. And in regards to what Brett Brown really likes about him, Brett Brown being the coach, he likes his energy. He likes his drive. He likes his tenacity. You know, he thinks that this is a guy who's a man, a man's man, so to speak. He'll run through a brick wall. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, we're looking at him as a power forward. And in regards to him getting on the floor, you know, sometimes they may have some jump lineups where you may see him at a three, but not, not long term. Um, I think that a lot of times what we'll see is we'll see Ben Simmons slide over to the point guard and bring the ball up, and then you'll see Dario play a, l- a little bit of, of the four spot, you know, in those scenarios. But I don't see him at the three, at least not long term. Oh, so you do think that Simmons and Sarge could get a good – that's kind of the big question is can those two guys play together because Sarge being a four, and then I'll just talk about Simmons we'll get to in a second. So you think they could get a good amount, like maybe call it ten minutes together on the floor, maybe I mean, eight they- minutes? They could because this is what I see. I see uh, I see Ben Simmons getting the ball and 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 sliding down to the one, so to speak, in certain scenarios. You know, and I think Dario could get on the floor in those scenarios. You know, they're going to get out and run, and they're going to need someone who's going to be able to crash the boards and do the things, uh, you know, the things that they want to do. Um, but if if you're saying that you know Ben Simmons is going to play let's say, 30 minutes a game at, at the four. No, it, there's not a lot of room on there for Dario unless he moves over and plays center. You know, but we already know that they have a log jam there with three yeah. centers. So I think that 
yeah, that'll be a little bit of minutes within the game um, when we'll see both of them on the floor. And see, the one thing we have to we have to think about is what the Sixers are trying to do is they're trying to figure out what they have this year. They're no longer tanking, but they're trying to throw out different lineups to see what they have. With that being said, they're going to find out and see if Dario and Ben can play together. So I think that's what we're going to see. All right, that sounds good. So let's talk a little more about Simmons, uh, a guy that just lived in the paint. He had about 75% of his shots at the rim, which is, which is just crazy. But easier to do that in the NCAA. So do you think he's going to be able to add a little bit of range or anything like that? I mean, we saw in Summer League, too, he was kind of just living around the basket, and teams are kind of giving him that mid-range. He had probably about a good half uh, where he was hitting you know, 10, 15 footers in Summer League. So do you think he can do that, do that, or is he going to be more of a facilitator and run the offense and kind of do, um, I don't want to call it like a Steve Nash kind of thing, but you know, just distribute more than focus on scoring? Yeah, you know, and, and that looks like that's his game. Like his game, he's a guy, if, if he took three shots a game, he would be happy. You know what I mean? That's all. And like you said, three layups a game or whatever. You know, um, I, I think that in order for him to be effective long-term, He's going to have to learn how to at least stick a consistent mid-range for jumper because, you know, as you saw in the summer league, certain teams are starting to sag away from him and, and, and play the pass. Well, he's going to have to keep people consistent. But I don't expect that to, to happen overnight. You know what I mean? Like if, you know, he's not going to just all of a sudden start jacking up threes, that's not his game. And he's not an effective three-point shooter. And it's not because I don't think it's because he can't shoot. I think he can. I think that he just doesn't shoot from the outside. So, you know, initially I, I think we will see him, you know, scoring a lot of uh, 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 around the basket. But I think as time goes along, he's going to start to expand his game. Yeah, and his jump shot's not – it's pretty smooth. Like, you look yeah. at a guy like Michael Kidd-Gilchrist who came in the league with the second pick – his jump shot was just broken. There's everything wrong with it. Hitches, elbows all out of place. But, like, his jumper looks good. He's just not making it yet. Exactly. You know what it is? It's like it's, a, it's, it's a prime example of being the best guy. You know, like, and, you know, let's say, hey, man, if, if I can keep going left and nobody can stop me going left, I'm not going to go right. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like if I could go to the cup and dunk on people and they, and, and they can't stop that, why do I need to perfect on my, uh, my outside shooting? You know what I mean? Like, like he's a six ten point forward, and he's been that way since he was arrived in America in the tenth grade. So it's kind of like no one could stop it. So it got to a point that that became his comfort zone. He's still young, you know. He'll he'll, he'll get it. He'll he'll get his act together. He's only twenty years old. You know, everything will work out for him. Yeah, definitely. I mean, just living at the rim, like you said, people couldn't stop him. One thing quickly on Simmons, I want to add is. Is he going to chill out with the with the fancy passes or what? I mean, they were great in summer league, but he turned the ball over a little bit. Do you think that uh, Brett Brown kind of coached him up and told him to you don't need to make a highlight every play? I think they like it. I think what they're going to do is they're just going to polish it up a little bit. You know, like because if you notice, sometimes it's like and, and again, you know, he's always the best guy on the floor. He was so it's kind of like you can get away with certain things. Like you know, a lot of his turnovers come from well, one. His teammates weren't used to that. They weren't, as much as they heard about Ben Simmons being a heck of a passer, they weren't used to seeing this guy, a guy his size and his, 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 you know, his weight, his power, throwing these crazy looking passes. They weren't used to that. Secondly, 
if you notice, sometimes he had the ball away from him a little bit. He need to be a little tighter with it, have it close, a little bit more controlled when he's dribbling up the court. You know, and again, he's a rookie. You know, he, 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 this might be the best situation for him because he's going to play 30-plus minutes. A lot of it's going to be working on his game, making him a, a better player. So I don't think they, to answer your question, they do not want him to lose that excitement that he brings. They just want him to polish it up a little bit more. That sounds good. So you kind of answered my next question that I wanted to ask a little bit um, regarding Sarge not really playing the three. And I was wondering how that would affect Robert Covington's playing time, who's been pretty much a steal for the Sixers when they picked him up. So, I mean, he played some minutes at the, at the two, but it sounds like, from what you're saying, he's going to pretty much play straight three, compete with guys like Jeremy Grant, maybe Hollis Thompson will get some run there. So do you see Covington's minutes kind of tweak, changing at all, or do you think he's kind of locked into what he's had? Well, you know, I, I, I think we could see Robert Covington um, as a starter at the three this year. And it's funny because in the Sixers, the two and the three is basically interchangeable mm-hmm. with Brett Brown. Say the better defender always guards the other team's best offensive weapon. So let's say, for instance, if, if Robert Covington, just say he's the best defender, and on a particular day they're playing the Chicago Bulls, and let's just say D Wade or or uh, well, heck, that's hard to say who's the top offensive scorer. Three alphas. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's say whoever the top defensive player is, they will guard Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like it's interchangeable. Then the next day, you know, they'll cover like a, a you know a Kevin Durant, so to speak, at the three. So that's that that's how it is. So it's the you know the two and the three is is based off of defensive matchups. A lot of times with the Sixers, but um, as far as Covington, I do see him getting a lot of run, man. I do. I I think Gerald Henderson is going to the wings are going to be, you know, at least to start out with. Right now, you would have to think that it will be Gerald Henderson and Robert Covington as the wings for the Sixers. Yeah, and then you mentioned too that um, tying into the um, the point guard situation. So, like you said, I think those two guys are going to be locked in there. But what's up? I mean, if if they're really going to run Simmons out there. They would probably put Henderson on, if they do go Ben Simmons as a quote-unquote point guard, they'd probably put Henderson on the point guard, right? I mean, if they run with that lineup, where they'd go Ben, Dario, Covington, and a big, whoever it is. Is that some kind of like a possibility? You know, it's still early, but yeah. it's still early, extremely early. But I, I, if you, if gun to my head, I'm saying Earl Bayless. I, yeah. I think this is how it's going to work out. I think if you look at, let's just... Uh, Talk about the Houston Rockets right now, um, you know, where, where they have Beverly as the point guard, you know, just in name only. But everyone knows James Harden brings the ball up. Yep. You know what I mean? And, so and with, the Bucks I, as well with Giannis. Giannis is yeah. doing the offense while Dova Dova is in the same role. Exactly. It's going to be one of those things where, you know, you have Ben Simmons, especially on bricks. You know, you want Ben Simmons guarding forward. You want Ben Simmons close to the basket. You want him to grab the defensive rebound. You want him to turn around and go, right? So then you have a guy like um, uh, Jared Bayless, who's a pretty good three-point shooter. So what he does is he lines up, he he spots up at the three-point line, Simmons drives the lane, kicks it out to him, or Simmons just throws an outlet pass to him, or whatever. So I think that's the option. But then on defensively, then you have Bayless guarding the opposing team's point guards. I think that's what we're going to see. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking the same thing. I, th- I feel like Simmons and Bayless, 
given that Bayless is a better shooter than Rodriguez, I think that is definitely a ba- better fit. But do you, I mean, do you see it, not necessarily a starting lineup, but could they even roll with that that lineup I was saying with uh, that Simmons, Dario, Henderson, Covington in the big? Is that even like in Brett, Bo- Brett Brown's arsenal? You know, I, you know, I think that we're going to see a lot of different junk lineups, so to yeah. speak, just to see what people play. But my thing is, I don't know if, you know, it, it depends. I, I don't know if, like, if you have, you, yeah, you could see that. I mean, you could see that. Now, will it be effective? Right. I don't know, you know, because, like, you know, you got Dario. You, you need some shooters on the, on the floor. You know what I mean? You need some shooters because a lot of, now, Covington can shoot, but, you know, I don't think that, you know, Dario is a guy who you went out there launching three-pointers. You know, or guard them, and then the the big it depends on who the big is because you're just going to need some offensive options. You know what I mean? Like the all these guys we talked about. You know, if you take if you take um, Bayless off the floor, they're all defensive minded and passing guys. You know what I mean? Like Henderson is an approved shooter, but he's not the type of guy that you're going to say, okay, he's out there at the three point line. We better get somebody out there. So I could see teams sagging sagging back against that lineup. Yeah, definitely. He's, I could see that too. Um, okay, so let's get to the the other big question here. Um, Joel Embiid. Um, no one knows what's up with this guy, really. Uh, we talk, we've obviously seen, seen the minute restrictions, uh, talking about wrestling on back-to-back and all that. So, I mean, are, are the Sixers expecting him to do anything like this season in a you know 20 to 24-minute range? Is that even high? I mean, wh- where do you think he fits in with, with this team? I think right now it, they're going to base it off of Phil. Like, it may be 20, 25. He's not going to play on back-to-back. The way I get it, I mean, like, let's face it, right now he's not exactly in basketball shape. And it's not a knock against him. He's trying. It's just that when you take two and a half years off, basically, you know, that's what you get. You know, anybody could go play uh, a one-on-one half court, but as far as the conditioning, the way they want to run up and down, it's going to take them a while. But I think, like you know, just, let's face it, a lot of people don't. I mean, some people are excited about the Sixers, but it's not like they're going to battle for a playoff spot. So what they want to do is they want to like take it. They want to be extremely cautious with him, and and they just want to like make sure he gets through a season, and then let's just build from there. So now again. If, if he's doing, going through flying colors and, and everything is working out for him and, you know, his, his foot isn't bothering him at all, then I can see them saying, okay, let's possibly reevaluate this later and see if we can get him on back-to-backs and if we can give him more minutes. Um, but I honestly believe that they have an idea, but they're not 100% sure what they want to do as of yet. Yeah, I think they're going to be battling the Nets to avoid the basement in the division. And then also, to your point, I mean, I take off for four months playing ball, and I'm I'm not the same, man. So I couldn't even – and playing at the NBA after that much time off, man, it's not easy as much as I, I love Embiid. So the other the other big man log jam you mentioned is that Jaleel Okafor, Nerwins Noel, man, uh, what, what are they going to do here? I read your column saying that, Colangelo's kind of talking him up uh, a little bit, saying they want to keep him, but obviously they don't want to say, oh, I'm going to trade him and lower the value, so that definitely makes sense there. So what's your feel on this, and do you think that, I mean, it's such a guessing game. I hate to like totally put you on the spot, 
But how do you think the 76ers are kind of going into the season to, to handle this situation? I think they're going into the season, like, basically, uh, you know, trying to see what the best deal they can get and when can they pull the trigger, you know. But they have to be a little careful. Now, I think the best deal that they'll get will probably be at the trade deadline. You know, when someone says, hey, we really need a center, you know, um, uh, someone's hurt. Um, well, we're trying to make this playoff push, you know, we'll give you what you want. But at this particular time, it just seems like teams aren't trying to give them what they want. You know, there was a point in time where I believe that it would be Jalil Okafor was going to be the guy who was going to be traded. You know what I mean? I just felt that way. Because of um, contracts, you think? Well, not because of contracts, just because of fit, maybe. Okay. You know, because, you know... They want to get up and down and run. I think that Jalo Okafor is going to be a phenomenal player in this league. I just think that the style of play that they want to play at this particular time may not be conducive to his game, you know, and for him to excel. I think that he's a guy who, you know, he's a focal point guy, you know, a guy who you, you give the ball to, you make space, you play a half-court game, and you let him work his magic. And if it's not there, he'll kick it out to a center. Right now, you got Ben Simmons. He's the type of guy who wants to push tempo. You know, he's a guy who's going to make these spectacular passes and guys go straight up with, not get the ball and then survey the land and see what's going on. Now, again, that's not a knock against Jalil Okafor. I think he's going to be a great player. But I think that a guy like Nerlens Noel, initially in the Sixers' thoughts, or someone who, you know, all we need for him to do is defend and run the floor and grab rebounds. We don't have to worry about the offense. Just let them come in and be a DeAndre Jordan or uh, or, or uh, you know what I mean, a DeAndre Jordan type of player. Yeah, no so, jump shots, all, all five, three feet in. Exactly, just dunking. Now, right now, I think, but I think it got to a point where everyone knew that the Sixers were trying to dump both of these guys to whereas both of their trade value is low. So now it comes to a point where, you know, they're all about getting the best offer. Whoever they can get the draft picks for or get whatever that they deem is a, is a, a valuable pick or a fair trade, you know, that's what they're going to do. But the problem is everyone in their mom and their cousin and their, and their little brother Jimmy knows <laughs> that the Sixers are trying to trade these guys. So that's why Brian Colangelo is saying, hey, we're going to keep them. You know, we're going to back off. We're going to do this and that because that's only going to bring up the value. And if they bring up the value, they may be able to get something in return. But if they trade them tomorrow, I mean, you know, odds is that they won't get anything in return. 76er big man economics, high supply. <laughs> got, to, got to take some economics classes to figure out what the equilibrium price is on those guys. Um, one quick thing I just wanted to, to, to tie into those guys. Do you think they're going to play a lot together? Um, from from what I can tell, they played together for Okafor. About forty four percent of his minutes were next to Noel. Obviously, with Simmons there, you see that number dropping to maybe even like, would it be in the? Would they play together at all, or you know, ten fifteen percent of their minutes together? How do you see that? That's, yeah, that's another tough question, just because they got a log jam at the center spot. Um, but. You know, the one thing that I will say is um, that, you know, they're saying all three of them are centers. The Sixers know that it was a it was a failure, you know, and 
I, I don't see them. If they do play out together, I see them playing a little bit of minutes together. I don't see them at this particular time, you know, logging minutes on the floor together. You know, and, and unfortunately I, I, for both of them, you know, I, I feel like their minutes are going to be slashed just because of, you know, you got to get Simmons on the floor. Then, you know, I mean, on certain days, Okafor won't play, so they'll get minutes. But it's like so much so much going on that I don't think that the times where both of these guys are getting 30 minutes a game, it's not going to happen. And, you know, one of them's going to be on the bench cheering the other one on while the other guy's playing for the most time. And there's going to be times when both of them are going to be sitting on the bench. Yep. You know, it's just because, you know, l- l- let's face it, now it's, it's Ben Simmons' team right, right now. And, and they got to play in the favor and, and possibly prove all over again that they deserve to be, you know, key guys. And, and you know, they're worthy enough to be key guys. But, you know, you, you got Ben Simmons at the four. You got Joel Embiid at the five. You're trying to give Dario um, Saric some backup minutes at the four. You're trying to get him on the floor with Ben Simmons. It's, it's just too much going on right now, you know, for these guys to log a lot of minutes, especially on the floor together. Yeah, it's crazy. As much as we uh, we all love Hanky, man, he he really went front court heavy, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was all about getting the the, the best value, you know. Yep, and yep. You, you can't make a case that these were the top guys in that particular draft. It's just like I don't know. It's 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 just a you know a, a problem that they just have to deal with right about now. Yeah, he left them left them stuck, but uh, they do have they have a lot of assets. It's just the same kind of assets. So thanks so much, man. This is really great. Uh, all this information, we, we really appreciate it. I uh, hope, hope you're ready for the season, and I uh, hope we see a lot of fun lineups and maybe more wins and all that stuff, man. This is so great. Thank you so much. Hey, man, thanks for having me on your show.